My name is Brian Pillman Jr., and you're listening to Another Wrestling Podcast. It's time for Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, all right, all right. Are you fucking kidding me? Guys, I got blocked again on Twitter. I'm your mark of marks. That's the most reliable source on the interwebs. The social assassin at your disposal, bitches. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another wrestling podcast, episode 244, The Mark of Marks. I am Credo. I'm Minority Mike. And I'm Angry Cooter, hoping to get us canceled today, bitches. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a theme, I think, throughout the show. But uh, guys, you know, <laughs> welcome back, right? Welcome back. Uh, today... Joining us once again, we have on none other than Brian Pillman Jr. If you guys uh, haven't seen him in action, if you're listening to this and are in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, whatnot, uh, Northeast Wrestling is coming back to Waterbury next Saturday. And uh, Brian Pillman Jr. is going to be part of that Royal Rumble, the -the over-the-top battle. So stay tuned for that. He's on the show with JB. They're going to chat it up a little bit about that and a lot of other stuff, guys. Uh, you know, we try to do a podcast every week. This is our podcast, right? Another wrestling podcast. But Impact has quite a had quite a week. Quite a week of uh, <laughs> firsts, accomplishments, and then fucking R- Rob Van Dam, RVD, getting Impact kicked off of Twitch. Guys, this fucking guy, did you, this is this is what it's come down to? Was it like, don't worry, guys, I got the promo, I'll film it. All right, RVD, since we've known you so long, we'll let you do it. And uh, he got Impact kicked off of Twitch. They're only like WWE Network app or whatnot. Guys, did you? I know, Cooter, you just watched it, so. Oh, God. The highs, the lows, and, and now they can't stream from the announcer's phone anymore. Stream. <laughs> Josh Matthews. They were streaming the show at one point from Josh Matthews' phone, I heard, on Twitch. Well, all I got to say is that there are a lot of marks that watch that video with RVD and his two girlfriends. And there are a lot of marks that are taking a very long time cleaning their room. Oh, my God. Could you imagine the kid that's, like, just got Twitch or was like, Mom, Dad, I want to get Twitch. Can we put it on? All right, son. I guess you're old enough. And that's the fucking first thing, like, they see is, like, as they're skimming through the chat, like, I don't know. I I hope there was – if there was a first out there, I'd love to hear about it. Dude, I I couldn't do it. I don't care how hot those chicks are. I I, I couldn't flog the dolphin knowing that RVD is there. I'm like, that would just be weird for me. Sorry. (laughs) I've just seen him in, like, too many wrestling matches. I can't beat off. With RVD staring at me, it would be weird, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't oh, care how hot those that's... chicks are, dude. I'm not saying you. you you're you're set for life with the, with the, the wifey soon to be. I'm talking yeah. about those marks, marks that are in their basements, man. They, that's like. Yeah, but what about you? You're the last one of us who's like who's single. You couldn't do it, right? Not with RVD, no. With the yeah, two chicks. Yeah, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. RVD, yeah. I just see him. I, just, I see like ECW, and I yeah, I, I wouldn't oh, do it. Damn, damn. <laughs> I didn't know what that other girl's name is, but I feel like she's just like earned herself a a, a spot at the gimmick table. She's totally gonna sell like shirts of this now and fucking live off this right next to Virgil on the on the gimmick table lane. <laughs> That's it. This is all this girl has to do. This is it. Uh, that was it. The promo. She's going to do some kinky shit. She's going to be the one pouring meat sauce all over fucking Virgil's naked chest. That's what's going to happen, bro. <laughs> With the return of Sonny, Tammy Lynn Sitch. <laughs> oh, it's only uh, uh Listen, I know we're on Skype. But hey, easy. <laughs> hey, it's 50 bucks, baby, for the first hour or <laughs> half hour. I don't know. Anyway, guys, anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. Last week, Mike, uh... You said it, I, I, to check out a Tessa Blanchard match. And like I said, I've seen her live. I've seen her in action. I don't remember. It was a while ago. Was, but I haven't really watched her wrestle. So, but I tuned in. I watched Gail Kim versus Tessa Blanchard. I mm. loved it. I'm not saying she's my favorite woman. I'm not saying she's the greatest woman out there. But she's a great wrestler right now. Uh, and I did watch the – because the biggest news this week is her becoming the newest – or the first, first ever – Impact World Champion, the World Champion against Sammy Callahan. Um, 
I watched the match. I gave it a fair shot. I'll tell you what, man. I, I talked a lot about this with uh, some guys at work, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as a pro wrestling match. I feel like it's either in like the right place at the wrong time or something, but it's like I, 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 like I took a step back. I wasn't trying to be judgmental. I watched it as a whole. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was a pro wrestling match. It was okay. I understand that they had to like rush the, the finish because they're not like Vince and they can't overpay like a pay-per-view because it's, like, it's like thousands of dollars just to go over like a, a minute. I get the finish sometimes has to be fast, whatever. Okay. But I enjoyed it for a pro wrestling match. I liked it. It was a good match. But what do you do from here? Because a, I feel like the next match has to be Sammy Callahan again. I feel like you have to give it back to Sammy Callahan. If not, what does that say as him as a champion that like the first time a woman challenged for, you know what I mean? And not to be, Oh, what does that mean? What do you mean? A woman can't No, I get it. But I feel like you also, now you got to pay the favor to Sammy Callahan a little bit and, but then it's him just beating a girl, which I know a woman. Uh, there's so many things he could step on on this, but I don't want to get anybody mad. But as a whole, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Send your hate mail to at Credo on no. Twitter. Yes, the try- one with the little blue check mark. Yeah, <laughs> I'm verified, by the way. But no, I'm trying <laughs> to like it. It didn't bother me to where it was like pro wrestling to where. I could just sit back, watch it, and enjoy it. You know what I mean? I wasn't trying to like, oh, but he's a girl, he's a guy, or whatnot. It's not that, but it's as building it from here on out. It's like you can't build it around Tessa Blanchard. I don't, you know what I mean? Because then what does that say about your main event guys? Like, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying anything about the women or the guys, but I know I'm painting myself into a corner, guys. But uh, I don't know. Like, you have to. I think you just have to give it back to Sammy and then move her back to the to the knockout division. You can't keep her in the main event. Division and I. At, at, lastly, I think it will only work with certain people. Like, if you're gonna do this, it can only be like Tessa and Sammy. That was good. It can't be a division yet. It can't be like every girl can go against every guy because it's not gonna work out like that. And that's what I'm trying to get to. Basically, is like this. I think is good as a once in a random while kind of a thing. It can't be every pay per view or every month. I don't know. No, I, I see where you're going with it and. <clears throat> to have a woman be competitive in every match against a man, uh, it just doesn't necessarily work. We're like, could you see her in a match against? And it worked like, for the her, big though. Show? Just, yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It just it, it just wouldn't work. You know, you know, one super kick, and you know what? She's done. You know that big chin of hers. She's got the Jay Leno face. I, 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 yeah, I tried. Anymore. I tried <laughs> exactly. I tried, Credo. but you know it's it, it. They like you said, it's a once in a lifetime thing. It was a great, great match. It's a, been a great story for as long as it's been going on, and uh, you know that had to be tough to do that and stay focused with everything that happened literally the day before, dude. Yes. Yeah, you notice when anything good happens. With impact, something bad follows right behind it. Like, yeah, you notice that, like, when Impact was at its prime and they were like the best wrestling program on TV, then Hogan and Bischoff came in and just destroyed it. Or when Matt Hardy was at his prime and brought Impact back to life for that time period, then there was some other controversy. With between Matt Hardy and the Owl, now you got a great storyline, and Impact has been a great program to watch for the past couple months, and, and then you got this great storyline with Tessa, and then you have the controversy that followed it, or it actually came before it, leading into it. And now that was all too. That was all. Well, she didn't say anything inappropriate. She was just. She said, "quote unquote, Hey women, try. Hey women, try supporting one another. Cool things happen." And then from there, you know, in the response, you had uh, Allison Kay or uh, Sienna from uh, Impact. Uh, she replied, remember when you spat in a black woman's face and called her the N-word in Japan? Was that <sighs> you uh, supporting women? The audacity of this tweet. So some people are hitting her back. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Um, Chelsea just... Green was the one that started it. Yeah, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. Green. She says, you, you've constantly put down, bullied, and belittled countless female coworkers, including me. Is that support? So it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's surprising that people would come out 
right, well, that's not surprising, I guess, in the day and age we live in. But uh, it was surprising that they just like attacked her right all like on one tweet. Like, why not other tweets? Like, what really? I don't know, man. Maybe maybe she's an asshole behind the scenes. I don't know. You know, like well, and, they always come for you when you're at your highest, bro. They always wait. They it. always wait. They have to because it, you know what? If you don't do it, if you do it to somebody when they're at their lowest, it doesn't mean anything. It's like she she's about to be like king of the world. She's about like a, a little bit below Becky Lynch status, and here you go. They, they just had to knock her right back down to a But that's what you get for being a fucking asshole. Yeah, no, they they definitely waited and they picked their time perfectly because like like just like Hooter said like she was probably the most talked about story in professional wrestling the whole week leading in, yeah leading into this match and then she puts out one tweet about women's support and all that and then next thing you know just the floodgates just open of of these women maybe it's sour grapes and maybe these women are just you know bitter and jealous or and maybe there's truth behind it I mean we we will never know. Do you think it would have came out if fucking she didn't well, make that tweet? I don't if she know. Would have just yeah. kept her, stay off of social media for two days yeah. unless you're plugging the match or, or, or putting a video clip up there. Why would you fucking say something like that where somebody could potentially fucking do you, something like that to you? Well, social media is the devil, bro. I know. I was going to say, even on social media, like, why do you have to be that person to where if – if, you know, you said something or whatever, go to the person and talk to them about it. Or, like, you know, if it really – if it's bothering you that much, why do you got to be the big person like, oh, you did this? And maybe she did do it. Maybe it was on accident. Maybe she was in the heat of the moment being a character. Come on. You know what I mean? Well, the so, person uh, she fucking said it to basically verified it. And, and a lot of people are saying that it's true. Yeah. So, listen, it happened, bro. It happened. But Let's like, be why? honest. You know, it's like, why bring it up, especially right when she's going to do it, at, you know, become like a, the Because that's when you're at your highest, bro, yeah, because you know what? You. Yeah, that's when they do it, bro. They always come for you. What, what, what's that line in Goodfellas? You know, uh, oh, God, how does it go? I know uh, which one you're talking about, too. Shit. Your enemies come as your friends. They come at you when you're at your weakest and most in need of their help. But it always comes at a, wait, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Well, you know, it, 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 you know, and, and we were talking too. Like, why wasn't she signed by WWE, especially with having that that last name? You know, she was a daughter of one of the four horsewomen, the four horsemen. <laughs> I keep saying four horsewomen. Uh, but you know, and then it's like, well, was there stuff going on that that bad? Maybe I'm just saying, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Is it is it going back as far to where was she just? Is she known like this behind backstage or whatnot? That it's one of those things where as a scout, you're probably going to ask like, hey, what is it like working with Tessa? Hey, what is it like working with so-and-so? And like, is everybody just saying shit about her kind of a thing? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's it's weird, man. It's touchy, but it's like, yeah, why? She's about to have uh, the week. She's the number one person going on this weekend. And it's just like, why? Why do you got to be that person? Especially even if she did do it. You know, like, okay, she did it. She apologized, whatever. Nobody's perfect. She even said the next night. Did she, she even apologize? She apologized when she won the title, I believe. Uh, she still did a little, you know, uh, she made an off-air speech. She said nobody in this life is perfect uh, after she won the belt and whatnot. So, whatever, you know. Like, she apologized. And that's what I wanted to go back before is, like, whatever happened to, like, yeah, you say stupid shit at the heat of the moment or whatnot, but, like, whatever happened to not being able to apologize? You know what I mean? It's so not like, enough. The woke scolds are coming for you. They're coming to take everything, you know, that you own because that's what they do. They have nothing else better to do than to find a reason to be offended. And in this case, probably rightfully so, but they're coming for you, bro, and they're going to make you pay because they have no life. Their whole world revolves around being offended and making people pay for the fact that you offended them. That's that's their goal in life. Yeah. It's it sucks, but I mean, you know, at the end of the week though, she she fucking she won she's the champion now. But like I I, I want to <laughs> mention before though, what do you guys think though? Where does it go from here to where she's at the top of the world, but what do you do now? You know, like how do you get it off her and then it, does it does she just stay in the division or I don't know. I'm curious what everybody else is thinking out there too. Don't forget. So I have to, I have to do this, guys, just to remind everybody. But at a wrestling P- pod, tweet us at another wrestling podcast Facebook. 
leave us some love. Leave a comment on the show. What would you do with the, the women's division, though? You know what really bothered me, though, Mike? I, I, and, and, and I was texting you this shit, bro. Yeah. The, the coverage from Busted Open. That shit got me so fucking mad. Because it wasn't like they were defending her. They weren't giving her a pass. But let's go back a few months. I'm, I'm going to throw out the fucking the Jim Cornette scenario. Because he made a racially insensitive joke on a taped show. And Dave LaGreca and Tommy Dreamer were, oh, they were so offended. And it was, he, he's out of touch and he's always negative, and he can't say shit like that. He's got to go. And Dave LaGreca was disgusted. Fuck out of here. Tessa Blanchard spits in someone's eye and says the N-word, and you're basically going to cover for her? Speak on this, Mike, please. Um, well, the reason why Tommy is defending her is because we all know that Tommy is a producer for Impact. Well, there you go. And- so that that's why he's going to defend her. I think this girl could probably have committed murder and Tommy's going to find a way to try to defend her because he's defending the company that signs his paychecks. As with Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette wasn't an employee of Impact, so Tommy's just going to rip in on him. That I guarantee you it probably would have been a different type of conversation if Tessa wasn't signed with Impact or if Tommy wasn't with the company. I think it would have been a lot more of a disappointing type of a Tommy Dreamer saying it, but he, he's going to defend her because you know he's a producer there. He has to stick up for the company. He has to try to find ways to cover up for her to be a representative of that company. So that that's why I think it went the way it did on that show. Ugh, it made me sick, Credo. <laughs> it uh, it pissed me off. I but you know what I, I agree with you though. I mean, like it was kind of too much like babying and pampering. Like I mean. Granted, like if 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 I did something like that, I mean, you guys aren't gonna baby and pamper me. I, I don't think. No, you guys are gonna I, tell I, nobody ever baby and pampered me. You know that's for damn sure. Credo, you've had to put me in my place um, on more than one occasion. I mean, we say this on a regular basis. How much of your life is spent editing out my bullshit in this fucking podcast? <laughs> And for okay. nine ninety nine, you guys can have it all. Just hit me no, up. The WWE <laughs> Network, bro. I'll give you all the lost cooter tapes. I'm gonna sell that one day. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, but that's that's the thing, you know. At the end of the day, it's like if she did it, if she did say it, it's, it was said. But I think that needs to be taken up between them two and apologize. You don't need to be fucking sending out tweets, and you know it, it doesn't need to be millions of people's business you know what i mean like she messed up let her apologize talk about it we don't need to fucking you know who has the fucking most likes on fucking facebook or twitter you know what i'm saying so it is what it is let's keep going though because i feel the flow i don't feel this this going on guys i think we mentioned it maybe last week or the week before briefly uh to where marty skrull you know he's gonna be also in waterbury next weekend for northeast wrestling but it was kind of like a surprise to me, or and I have a little funny thing I like to say after the fact, but uh, it, could he have gone anywhere? Maybe, uh, you know, he, NXT, uh, New Japan, uh, AEW. Fuck but, all that. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out. I told you that motherfucker was gonna stay. I you oh no he's gone. Yeah yeah we know he didn't sign. The man's gonna weigh out his options. So you know I what? mean. So, okay, but the option is that he signed a new Ring of Honor deal, and I thought that ship was sinking, honestly. I thought 2020 would have been the year that Ring of Honor would have finally started taking the you know the slow step into the graveyard, if you will. Uh, fuck all that, man. If TNA Impact is still around, how the fuck is a better company like Ring of Honor not going to still be around? Stop it! Um, but, okay, all right, but out of all the options he may have had or could have had or maybe didn't have any... Oh, uh, he's stuck with Ring of Honor, but that's not it. He's also joined the booking team. He's uh, he's the head booker now. Yeah, so, the head booker. So yeah, uh, that's different, I guess. But uh, to me, like, I don't know what's what has Marty booked before. Like, is he a good booker, or is it just like good by association booker? Or I have no idea what the guy's ever even booked in a way to where I don't know. To me, that's like all right. 
is that just to get him to stay, or how long is the agreement for? I was just going to say, is it just a title to give him to maybe say, hey, you know what, it's a, it's a way, it's a, it's an excuse to say that's how we're going to get him to stay and give him some more money. Because like, All right, you know what? Yeah, listen, there's not another fucking division in in AEW that's going to be able to be booked. Now he can say, hey, I'm booking a whole company. I'm not just booking a fucking division. Yeah, and it's like, you know, he would probably gotten lost in the shuffle too, like fucking Hangman Page. He's not an executive vice president too, so, you know, would he have just become like another guy lost on their their show kind of a thing? So it's, in, it's surprising think... to me though. I don't know. It's surprising out of all the options or maybe, like I said, he didn't have those options. I think the best, I mean, in my opinion, I think the best movie should have did it would help the promotion and you know he could he can surround he could be the face of the promotion he should have just signed with the NXT UK brand and helped build that brand up yeah where's he from like i mean he's from overseas too United right? kingdom yeah so United kingdom in london yeah it's a man and it's like so to me i always like to joke around about this and it's not a joke but i every time when i hear someone like re-signed with impact or re-signed i'm like is that because nobody else wanted you? You know what I mean? And to think, like, this guy, I feel like, could have had any other deal. And, um, I mean, WWE money, man. I mean, it, did, w- did they offer him anything? Or I know it wasn't offered to be a, on the booking team or whatnot, but is Ring of Honor really that much more? Or is it, I guess, just a being control kind of for booking, kind of like that ideal scenario that some of these guys just want? I think it's good for him because it's it just shows... It shows maturity because he's not going to be able to wrestle forever. You can book after wrestling, you know. You, you, you see somebody doing something like that. It's like, hey, you know what? He's looking for, you know, somewhere where he can stay, where he might have a future and after he's done with his in-ring career. You know, it's just it, – it, it's, it's a good sign. It, it's, a, it's a sign of maturity, I think, hmm. because it's not just the cash grab. It's, well, what am I going to do after the cash grab? Yeah. You know, and this and this is scenario shows that hey, you know, he's in the wrestling business and he's in the wrestling business for the long haul. So good for him. Yeah, and I mean it's I mean maybe he could use a little refreshment, especially when uh, maybe PCO is your world champion. I don't is that still a thing? I don't know. Uh, still a thing. <laughs> anyway, so that was just surprising to me. But speaking of AEW, they've also made the news this week because uh, they're doing so good. They're signed on TNT now until 2023. And also a second show has been announced that uh, uh, with this extended TV deal. So they're going to have another show. They don't know what night yet. But, uh, I mean... Already, they're you know already till twenty twenty three, so another three years, and a new TV show. Is that too fast of a move, or do they need another TV show, or should they worry about maybe just still building that roster? I, I think I think they're fine the way they are right now with the AEW Dark being on YouTube, and then their flagship show on Wednesday nights. I think you know adding another night of professional wrestling i mean the fans as of right now are trying to keep up with everything that we have mm. and to just add more to it <laughs> it's such a it's fucking job <laughs> like aw dark and nw nwa power are two shows that i can actually sit down and watch whenever i want because it's on youtube yeah but for for whatever they're going to put out there like i have to now, just because of this show, because we have to come in here knowing what happened and, and give our our analysts opinions, right? like we have to actually sit down and watch an extra show. Cooter, now, say it. Fuck all that. <laughs> fuck all that. I, I propose a great idea. All right. So here's we, – we got four people on this show, right? Uh-huh. So here's what we're going to have to do. Uh-oh. Right? We got Raw. We got SmackDown. We got NXT. We got 205 Live. We got NWA Power. We got Impact. We got Dynamite. Is it, is we got me- MLW. And we got Ring of Honor, right? Those are your weekly shows, right? <laughs> so. Main event? Should... Is main event still a thing, too? Did you say that? No, no, no. I'm talking about main shows, oh, okay. right? So what we should do is. We should maybe just draw straws to see who has to watch what every week. <laughs> the only problem is that, is that like, just say, like, if, if I draw straws to do 
like you know NXT, and I'm the only person talking AEW or <laughs> NXT. I don't want to be the only person talking. Like I want to have a conversation. No, yeah, and that's that's what that's what it comes down to. Is like you just gotta keep it in bullet points, kids. You gotta say, and so the thing is that it, right there is that point right there, both of you guys, to where the point is who's gonna be talked about. So those shows need to step it up. How do you out? How do you stand out from the other ones? And you know, going back to before Tessa Blanchard having her as a main champion right now is one of those things to where, oh well, our main champions can be women too, kind of a thing. But that's the thing is like you can't build a whole division around it right now. So, but all in all, what is each show gonna do to stand out more? Because if well, Ring of we're Honor gonna throw lots of money at Tyson Fury and have a main event WrestleMania uh, against Brock Lesnar. Oh, uh, you just yeah. reminded me. I don't. Even, it's. I feel like I gotta take fucking tums <laughs> just every time I hear Tyson seven Fury. Seven times, guys. Seven times. The motherfucker said he has to. Uh, I, it's out. It's seven. out there. He's got to masturbate seven times to every, get his every, testosterone level up. Thing will know what I mean when oh, I say seven gosh. times. That man goes through. Guys, yeah, uh, <laughs> that cannot be the plan. I mean, he didn't even look that decent for what he did with Braun, and isn't uh, to me that's not even a big name. Like that's uh, if it was Mike Tyson, that's a different story. But like this dude is like the great white hype. I don't if I, who. I can't. I don't even want to talk about him. I'm getting fucking. I I have to bring up something real quick, flustered. and this is, <laughs> this is just popped in my head. So he's got the the Wilder fight in the end of February. Okay, now from the first fight, it was a, it was a draw. Um, both guys were medically suspended for I believe 90 days from the athletic commission. That was a good fucking fight too. It was a great fight. Yeah. If that happens again in this fight where he gets medically suspended from the state athletic commission, I don't know if he'll be able to compete at WrestleMania. Stop. And the athletic commissions run everything. I, I honestly, if, if, and Wilder hits like a fucking Mack truck. Let me tell you he, something. Yeah. If he puts him down, bro, I mean, I, but it's Florida. You know what? You can fucking, you're allowed to, you know. No, no, no. I, the athletic commission, it doesn't matter. If you get medically suspended in one state, that carries over to wherever. Like, if you have to serve a 90-day medical suspension, you are, you cannot compete or do anything. You mean to tell me I can't act? I'm just acting. acting. It's different. not no. a real fight. It, it's just acting. But you're going in there doing physicality regardless, especially with a guy like Brock. But that's how they're going to get around I, it, Mike. That's what I'm saying. But I, if he's medically suspended by the I, state. I, I don't think he cares. I don't think it'll matter. It does matter. Guys, trust me. It's Vince. Vince is setting up WrestleMania to be horrible because the fucking XFL is starting soon. He wants fucking... WrestleMania to fail this year. Maybe that's it. It's a conspiracy. Vince wants the XFL to be more over than fucking WrestleMania this year. So he's going to fucking... Yeah, you know what's fucking funny is last week here we are talking about the possibilities, you know. We, I threw out some great scenarios for what could happen in the Rumble. You know, we were, we were like at a point where, oh shit, this looks like... Like, there's so much that they can do with this storyline. And... They even furthered it on Raw this week. Yo, can we do a quick segue? R-Truth is my hero, bro. <laughs> can, can we just throw that out there? R-Truth, Vince he is the truth. Did that I love for a pop, and that was it. He fucking wanted to... Vince uses him Paul, like... Oh, you talk a lot. <laughs> Dude, Brock Lesnar laughing in the ring to me. I could watch that all night. <laughs> oh, man. The fucking Universal Champion versus the WWE World Champion. Fucking... Not the Universal, the 24-7 champion. Why did I say Universal? That was so great. But you know, back to what we were saying. We threw out all these scenarios, and then all of a sudden, a couple of days after we record, the possibility of Wild, not Wilder, fucking Tyson Fury versus Brock Lesnar. I'm just like, oh, God. I'm so glad I canceled my subscription. Oh, man. You're That's proving silly. my point for me. You're proving my point for me. There's nothing that I'm excited for that I can't watch, like, the next day. I'm sorry. <laughs> you need, like, one of those, like, zero days since, like, incident, like, uh, you know, like, at a work stuff, you know. It's almost like zero days since WWE's impressed me. Like, you got to scratch it off. Like, it's got to get to 30. How uh, many days has it been since I fucking canceled my subscription? <laughs> Oh man! Uh, you know, I do want to add though. Uh, speaking of some good voices, uh, Taz, 
the human suplex machine is signed with AEW. Uh, I guess he's going to be on their announced team. I don't know if they're going to add a four-man booth or what the hell they're doing, but uh, Taz is a part of AEW now, and uh, his first place, his first appearance was back in October as a guest commentator. But uh, now that since it was extended to 2023, they also announced that Taz has signed a multi-year agreement with them. So, Taz to AEW. I don't know. I think it's a good signing for them. I've always liked Taz as a color guy. I thought Taz kind of, he added a, a different voice to the table. I think he balanced that. Like when the WWE, with him and Michael Cole, I think they worked well together. They balanced each other out. I, I don't know where he's going to go. I really hope they don't go with the four-man booth because that's just like, I mean, we, we shit on the WWE for having <laughs> three. a three-man booth. I don't know. Like, imagine they have a four-man booth. Jesus Christ. Too much. As much as I love Shivani on commentary for MLW, and he definitely seemed like he made Jim Ross a little bit more comfortable at the table while he was working with him, I think originally the idea was supposed to be the three-man booth and have Tony Shivani do interviews. So if you're going to do Jim Ross, Taz, and Excalibur on the table and have Tony Shivani do interviews, I'm good with that because I don't need – all those voices. I think I think three people fighting to to get some airtime like this fucking podcast. Like us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough, bro, and it's just it's distracting. It's too many fucking voices, but if you're going to do it, you know what? Let Jim Ross call the action, let Taz analyze it. And just let Excalibur sit there and say all the move names. Tope Sorcida! Oh my god! That was Jim Ross. Well, you know, it was a mixture of the two. Fuck them all, alright? Oh my goodness. Well, that's happening, guys. It's a full fight. But uh, I'm kind of scratching my head at this, and I don't know the legality of things, but how did AEW acquire Bash at the Beach? Did, like, the copyright, like, fall... From WWE or yeah, they uh, WWE let the let the copyright expired and they didn't. I feel like don't don't they own WCW like their tape library? Don't they, like that? I feel like they own that name to where if some you know what I mean? Like is, the, is WWE gonna have to blur go. it out now? <laughs> no, no, they let a lot of the names go. Like a lot, when the copyright expired, they never renewed it. Like Bash of the Beach is one of them. Um, I think Super Brawl was another one. Um, and th- there's a couple more names that they just let go, let so expire. Weird. Especially that's what with the network, with that's so games. weird. Wow. That's what happened with War Games before NXT brought in War Games. War Games expired, and that, that gimmick, mm. and then MLW picked it up. <sighs> MLW was doing War Game matches, and then NXT picked it up. And I, I don't know what happened in between that, but I know that MLD- MLW picked up the copyrights for the gimmick match and the name. Man, that's just weird. You know, it's just like the the young bucks even said it too before, like the show started about how they're probably gonna get sued for this. So, I'm, I'm I don't know, and I'm I feel like they should still be able to own that name since they're like it's part of their property on like the pay per views with WCW. I don't know. I'm not looking it up. I'm not googling it. I don't have time for that. But uh, unfortunately, guys, this week too, Rocky Johnson, the father of the Rock, passed away at the age of 75. Uh, do you guys have any memories of this? The only memory I could think of this was one of the first wrestlers I ever met just like randomly was Tony Atlas. And I remember when I met Tony, like the biggest thing about him was like that. He was Rocky Johnson's tag partner back in the day too. So, um, man, I don't know any, any, I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't even heard of, you know, I was trying to get caught up with, with all the, the wrestling because there's just so much television this week for me. And I watched NXT this morning, and, and that's when I heard. I was like, oh, my God, what a bummer. Fuck. I'm like, shit, man. But then, like, you know, you watched NXT, and it was, like, probably one of the greatest episodes ever. And I hate saying that, and it really made me forget, and it kind of pissed me off that, like, I forgot. Hmm. But it was like, hey, you know what? They put him at the front of the episode, which was amazing. So I'm like, if you're going to go, at least, oh, what can I say? Yeah. It sucks. Man. It's a, I, I hate it, man. We're, we're getting older. Like, we're kicking 40s door down, and all our childhood favorites are like, yep, going away. 
Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, and he's a Hall of Famer, too, 2008 WWE Hall of Famer. So, uh, rest in peace, Rocky Johnson. But, guys, uh, stay tuned for this because we have on the son of another legend, of Brian Pillman. We have Brian Pillman Jr. joining us once again with JB. All right, everybody, welcome to another wrestling podcast. Uh, 2020 seems to be a an incredible year already for us. We've had some big names on. Um, none bigger uh, than who I'm about to introduce. He is, you know, the master of the mullet, the Maharaja of the mullet, man mullet rock, maybe even. Um, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Mr. Brian Pillman Jr., How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? It's awesome Welcome to have you on. To the Mullet Club. <laughs> the Mullet Club, yes, yes. Welcome, and uh, I've been saying this a lot lately, but uh, Happy New Year. How's it going? Good, good. Just great. Getting started with some workouts. I had a great uh, session of, of training last week, and I was off this weekend. No matches, no wrestling. So uh, I took a little breather. Body's feeling good, and now this week I'm getting prepared uh, really extra hard for uh, MLW this weekend. All right. Now, that's something that I, I didn't have planned to talk about, but I think it's really important. Um, nowadays, with you being kind of a, an independent wrestler still, um, not signed to a huge you know company where they're touring all the time and all that stuff, do you feel that you have an advantage over people because you have the ability to kind of let your body rest? Uh, you know, I, I do think that I think a lot of guys overwork themselves, um, in this sport. And I think I'm blessed that I have that opportunity to, uh, have some great matches and, and make a good living and still every now and then take some time off. You know, some guys can't afford to take time off. And unfortunately that's the nature of the beast, right? You know, you always got to improve and get better. I haven't had a weekend off in about a year. So it was really nice to, uh, to have that time off, you know, and to really rejuvenate my body. I was, I was feeling very, very tore up, very sore after my battle with Davey Boy Smith Jr. and, uh, and Timothy Thatcher and TJP all in one night. So, you know how it goes. You gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Your body's an investment. Sure. I could have made, you know, a bunch of money this weekend, but I needed that time off, you know? Yeah, I mean, work work smart. That's really uh, that's important, and and obviously pretty cool that um, right now that this is you're you know you're able to do that. So you mentioned MLW Major League Wrestling. You've been a part of that from uh, basically sort of the beginning of your career. Uh, what's MLW meant to you, and um, how excited are you to still be there today? You know, it means a lot to me. When I first signed with them, I wasn't sure if it was going to be the right decision, but I knew I needed to make some sort of early decision to sort of uh, build my stock and, and keep the momentum going. Uh, I tell people this all the time. I've never I've never reached out or begged for an opportunity. I've always kind of just taken what's come my way and tried to let my work speak for itself. And I think the, uh, the level of work I'm bringing has only gotten better uh, over the past two years. I've been wrestling two years now. Uh, I'm starting to have some pretty high-level matches with some really high-level guys. And so not only that, I think I bring a lot to a show. You know, I think I bring a lot of mystique, a lot of star power on any given card. So uh, I'm starting to really believe in myself and the value that I bring. And, and I think 2020 is the year where I start earning those title shots. Absolutely. Now, I will say I've listened to you a lot on interviews. I've got to see you wrestle live a couple times for Northeast Wrestling. Um, it's it's surprising to me, even though that you are a second generation wrestler, you know, taking that away, just how well spoken you are and charismatic. Um, do you feel like that that's kind of your edge uh, as far as what sets you apart from other wrestlers, or what do you think that that may be? Yeah, so you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, some people are born to do this. Some people are naturally uh, performers in this business and. and and artists too, you know, everybody's got their different strengths and weaknesses. And, and I see some guys on the scene with a lot more talent than me in certain areas and in other areas they're lacking where I might be, you know, thriving. So the wrestling scene today is, is a crop, is a variety show. 
crop full of uh, different types of, of styles and moves. And every sh- I think every show should have a variety of, of work on it, unless it's, you know, like a high-level pay-per-view or something where we're trying to get some angles over. But honestly, I, I love being a part of variety. I love learning lucha, all different styles. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just I'm looking to bring my natural charisma to any company that wants to work with me. And then whatever style of wrestling that they, that they do, I can always pick that up and learn that as well. But I think myself as a unique individual, you know, there's only one Brian Pillman Jr., you know. Absolutely. And we are looking forward to seeing the Brian Pillman Jr. coming up soon for Northeast Wrestling. You're going to be wrestling at the Over the Top event in Waterbury, Connecticut. Um, you mentioned some title shots coming your way, maybe. What do you think, uh, if you were to have a good showing here at Waterbury, do you think that the chances would be good that we would see you potentially getting a title shot in Northeast wrestling in 2020. So that's, that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. Uh, Northeast wrestling has been a place that I talked about on the podcast earlier where I've had a lot of success and success has been, you know, when it comes to winning matches, I don't always win everywhere I go. You know, a lot of companies have made me really earn and fight for that spot to call myself a victor. But uh, ever since my debut at Northeast Wrestling, I've I've been a winner, and I'm going to keep winning. And, and I want to take that momentum and, and let the fans kind of fuel me into that title spot position. Do I think I'm going to win my win a title on my first shot? You know, probably not. It might take a few tries. You know, it might take a few months. But I do think that before 2020 is over, I'll be holding Northeast Wrestling gold. And it starts on January 25th with the with the over the top Royal Rumble and a singles match against Flip Gordon. So I got a lot of my plate going into January. That's It's incredible. It, like I said, it's been incredible to watch. You know, um, Your name was kind of out there before you made your way to the Northeast. A lot of people were talking about Brian Pillman Jr., and obviously there's uh, some things that happen when you're a second-generation star. There's also some things that happen whenever um, you know the circumstances that were uh, your your life uh, got out there. But we were hearing about you on the East Coast before really we, we got to see you. Obviously, if you're in the area, stop by Northeast Wrestling, go to Waterbury. You won't be disappointed whenever you see Brian Pillman Jr. But um, one of the things that I'm, I'm wanting to know is what it felt like, you know, to be Brian Pillman Jr. stepping into that ring and knowing that people would already have expectations of you and your work before you even, you know, locked up for the first time. Was that like pretty, was that a daunting task? Did you even put, take that into consideration or you just said, you know, I'm going to do my thing and then let it kind of work itself out? You know, the expectations were there from day one, you know, and, and for many, many weekends I traveled around the world to go out and fail and fail and fail and eventually after you fail so many times you start to get good at this shit you start to win some matches you start to get more technical in the ring you learn a few holds that other guys aren't using and you start to you know really hone in on your core offense and what gets the crowd rolling and uh and it took me about a year to get rolling and once i got rolling man the the rolling stone don't know no bounds you know i've been rolling hard and i'm going to keep going into this year I've got so much momentum and steam behind me. Uh, sometimes I don't even believe it. You know, I, I don't even feel like it's real because so much has happened in my favor. And I think that's just because I had a really hard life growing up. You know, I had a hard time, struggled, and went through a lot of adversity without my father and with the absence of my mother and stuff. So I dealt with all that in the, in the, in the past so that I could have now a future, you know, and, and a future in this business. So. Well, you know, you, you mentioned your father, and obviously uh, nowadays there's so much wrestling out there, and uh, even with the advent of the WWE Network, you're able to kind of go back and watch so much of your father's work, your father's legacy. Um, you know, we, we unfortunately, you were fairly young whenever your, your father ha- passed away. Um, do you get time to kind of look back and enjoy that and actually now see it for what it was and how just how special of a performer that your your father was oh yeah i've always i've always kind of you know looked back and kept an eye on his past work just to kind of see what people are, are expected and, and stuff of me but at the end of the day i don't really study his stuff because i don't want to be a carbon copy i don't want to be imitating him and there's some things i can't help and some little nuances that are genetic but 
at the end of the day, uh, I'm not trying to uh, over overly, you know, read into his work. Absolutely. Now, um, congratulations are in order for you as well. Um, just a couple, well, about a week or so ago, you pretty much celebrated uh, your your anniversary for wrestling in the, you know, you st- debuted in uh, 2017. And um, yeah, so what's the best thing that's come from this? You know, we know that you had a job prior to, to wrestling that you maybe weren't so much uh, excited about. And then you get into the wrestling business. And like you said, it's a house of fire. You've been everywhere. You've been doing a lot of stuff. You've been working with some of the biggest names in the company in in the entire world, actually. And you were in AEW. You've done a little bit, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. What do you um, What do you think is really the the biggest thing that you've gotten to do in your short time in the business so far? What am I What is, What am I most proud of getting to do? Is that what you said? Yes. Yes. Or excited about getting to do? Really, just uh, being able to work with with two of these big companies that have helped me out, MLW and NEW. Um, these two companies have taken great care of me. Um, all the, all the companies on the West coast that flew me across the country and brought me over there, uh, getting to go to Mexico was an insane experience and one I would treasure and love to do every weekend. Um, the Canadian companies that have brought me in and, and, and utilized my passport and my potential in that country as well. So, Really just getting all these opportunities, traveling, everybody helping out with travel, getting me there from, from the guy that picks me up to the airport to the guy that's doing my music at the entrance. You know what I mean? Everybody plays a part in my career, and I'm so blessed to have so many people giving back to me And as I give myself and my life to wrestling. Now, you have a unique style, to say the least. Obviously, you're rocking the mullet and pulling it off quite well, I might, I might add. Um, but you also rock a, uh, a fanny pack, which is a, a bygone thing of, uh, of earlier times in the wrestling business. But, you know, with traveling so much and having that fanny pack, what are some of the, the essentials that you have to keep in that fanny pack when you're on the road? Yeah. So, uh, with the fanny pack, you got to keep a lot of stuff in there. Chapstick. Uh, your toothbrush, if you got a travel size toothbrush, travel size toothpaste, you never know when you're going to need to freshen up the whites. Also, uh, the, uh, shoot, I'll open it up right now. Why don't we take a look? Headphones for when you're at the gym, all my credit cards, uh, a lighter in case you need to light something on fire. I don't know why I would need a lighter. I don't smoke anything. Wink, wink. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I got some Neosporin in here, and yeah, just change. I put my wrestling pins on there. I've got an American flag, a Fest wrestling, and a Warrior wrestling pin. That's another company uh, that has blessed me with some crazy, insane matches. Uh, I got to share the ring with New Japan's very own Lance Archer, Lance Hoyt, if you will. Um, so yeah, just just the fact that I'm I'm, I'm a commodity. People are treating me as a commodity. They're respecting my wishes and giving me some great experiences in the ring. Um, I've been um, this week. I'm going to be helping out with the local school and uh, teaching some guys some different things that I learned. So, well, we um, obviously are super excited that you're coming back our way. Uh, we know you're busy. We're going we got a couple more questions to wrap it up. But um, one of the things that is kind of out there um, is that you. Really, you may or may not do some freestyling action, and uh, obviously, we're not gonna make you do that on, um, you know, on uh, live. Put you on the spot, but um, musical influences. You know, people get influenced in the wrestling business by anything. You know, we've heard people watch something on TV or watch a movie or whatever. But um, how important is music to you in your life? And um, maybe who are some of your favorite artists out there today? Oh man, I'll tell you what, I, I draw from, I draw influences from so many different, uh, artists, musicians, when it comes to music, uh, television, all kinds of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I really, I really, I have a large variety of music that I listen to. I really like, uh, you know, Vici is a good one. Uh, some, when it comes to rap, I really enjoy the Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Eminem, 50 Cent, all that stuff. You know, I, I really like to go hard. I like Kanye West. 
I also like alternative rock, you know. It's all kinds of stuff. I listen to to you name it, from Metallica to to the alternatives, the freaking bowling for soup, the punk rock, all that nineties shit growing up, you know. Yes. Awesome. The nineties rappers, you know, I grew up in the nineties, so Okay. I was born in 93, and I'm sure when I was young, my parents were blasting all that shit in my earwaves while I was growing up. Well, we're, uh, we, yeah, we, I think it's just understated. A lot of people don't always get to kind of find out what makes someone tick, and it's it's nice to hear, you know, that the... Oh, yeah, it's great. I love to hear what wrestlers, uh, what influences them and inspires them. Uh, I know that, you know, I overheard Bray Wyatt, you know, talking about the movie It and how It kind of influenced his character work uh, going into the, you know, the fiends and stuff. So everybody draws a little bit out of movies and everything and, and music and comics and this out of the other, whether it's, you know, the tattoos that they wear on their body or the way that they sell or the way that they, that the way that they fight and stuff. Everybody's got a little inspiration somewhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we also just saw this past weekend that one of the greatest, if not the greatest, depending on who you talk to, wrestlers finally hung up the boots, and um, it was Jushin Thunder Liger, and uh, someone that your father had wrestled in the past, and you got a chance to also be in a match with him. Um, how important was that to you, and uh, you know, did you get to reach out to Liger after his retirement? You know, looking back, I, I wish I had not been so nervous uh, to share the ring with him. But, you know, being that he was old in his age and he had a very big retirement coming up, uh, I wanted to really take care of him and take it easy on him in the ring. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't like to live with any regrets, and I think we had a great match. Uh, it was a six-man tag. I never got to have that singles. But, like I said, being in his old age, I don't think he was interested in any singles matches, you know, going into his retirement uh, matches. But I'll tell you what, it was an honor. It was a true pleasure to kind of feel that chemistry, that instant chemistry that I felt with him in the ring. You know, it was like I was wrestling with my father. You know, it was really cool. Uh, you know, my Japanese alter ego father, right? <laughs> but uh, at the same time, uh, I think that in their culture, they look at that as a very honorable thing uh, that I, that you know, that I wrestle, you know, as a second generation wrestler. The Japanese really... Uh, they really respect and appreciate that. And I, I can't quite decipher his language, but in one of his tweets, he said something along the lines of, you know, the, you know, the son of his greatest rival was, you know, he, he also looks at me as like a son too. So it was really uh it was a beautiful moment to witness his final moments of his career and all the brothers that he had surrounding him uh, were all guys that I shared a locker room with a couple weeks prior at warrior wrestling. So I wrestled Lance Archer for his last match before Wrestle Kingdom, you know, last match of the year. Yeah. And then he went into Wrestle Kingdom against John Moxley. So it was really cool to kind of be in a few. I've been in a few, about three or four uh, New Japan locker rooms. When they come to the U.S., they do indie shows, and they kind of take over our locker rooms, and I get to be a part of it. So I was on a couple shows with Liger, and one of them I wrestled him. Well, it's such an honor to talk to you today. I know that... Um, I'm going to be able to look back at this interview later on, maybe it's a year or a year and a half or whatever, and say, can you believe that we had this guy on and then he blew up and made you know a huge impact in professional wrestling? Um, one of the things I want to try to do this year, because there's a lot of negativity in the world, uh, whether it be just in professional wrestling or the world in general, um, what I would like to do right now is uh, kind of to end this interview uh, you're going to be the first one, so we'll see how this works. But um, I just want you to kind of put out there, uh, you know, you can say one nice thing about, you know, a, a wrestler, a peer, someone you know, someone you don't know, whatever. But just, uh, you know, say something about somebody, uh, something nice, and then I'm going to try to pass that on to the next person, and the next person, and the next person. So uh, try to put something good out in the world. Well, the nicest thing I can do or say is that MJF sucks. That is incredible. <laughs> and he knows it. And he knows what I mean when I say that. Well, we... Uh, so, we. I hope that brings happiness to everyone to call out MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. You are a piece of human garbage. And that brings a smile to my face, and I, I think it does for many others. 
I believe so. And we'll, we're going to put this out there. We're going to see what happens. Uh, and we want to thank you so much. Definitely come to Northeast Wrestling Waterbury. Tickets are on sale now. Um, Mr. Pillman, I know you have a lot of uh, social media out there. Can you let us know where people can find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Flying Brian Jr. and Instagram at Flying Brian 41. Northeast Wrestling, January 25th. I take on Flip Gordon in what is personally one of my dream matches. I'm sure the fans are looking forward to it as well. All right. Thank <laughs> and you. And the over the top battle royal, whoever wins that battle royal has a chance at Darby Allen for the title. Well, we can't wait to see you there. We're gonna we're definitely come up and say hello and um Thank you again for taking the time out today and speaking with us. I appreciate it. I was trying to think of something in between the interview and all this. You know, Cooter, you mentioned it at the top of the show, this whole cancel culture uh, on how, you know, it's the social media thing. Everybody's the keyboard warriors, man. They're hiding behind their their computer. And some people, like, I don't want to. Some people just don't mind saying anything on social media because they don't think there's no repercussions or something about it later, but, you know... It this... depends how big you are, Credo. It exactly. Depends how... I mean, even though I'm verified, uh, I'm not that... I wouldn't say that shit. I wouldn't say that kind of stuff. I mean, does half this time, the stuff in the chat I trust you guys with that you won't show anybody to blackmail <laughs> me? Because, <laughs> once again, uh, the Patreon account is actually being launched, guys. Oh, it's going to be oh. there, so you'll be able to hear some... You'll be able to join some of these chats... Uh, that you, you you classically hear about. You're gonna have to sign a, a non-disclosure Not agreement. NDA. So yeah, <laughs> welcome to. That's it. I'm gonna have to put that on the Patreon thing to where for five bucks you also have to sign an NDA agreement to join our uh, <laughs> fucking chat rooms. Oh man, I didn't even think about that. Anyway, uh, but so I was trying to think of like how could we talk about something because social media wasn't around forever believe it or not and it, it, as some of the silly things that you think social media was probably around for or wasn't because I, I i looked up some old school like the biggest things in wrestling history some controversial some not as controversial and i kind of want to get our take on it because i kind of want to bring us back to that moment uh i want to just you know it, almost like a word association so if i say like iceberg you say titanic but i kind of want to say what so the are moment... we going as if as if these things happen today yes as if you just watched it and now you're gonna like this is gonna be your tweet or your facebook post or your instagram post or whatever i want you to like if you can we'll see if we can do it. and i don't want to really... oh can i start Oh, you'll be able to start, but I don't want you to overthink it. I want to, like, I just want us to, like, what's the front, what would you send to Twitter or what would you put online for everybody to see after this happened? Because, like I said, once again, when these right. things happened, there wasn't that. You had to, like, wait a day for, like, a, a yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm newsletter saying I to come out. The, I want to throw out the first scenario. Oh, you want to throw out the first scenario? Okay. Yeah. You ready for this one? Okay. Tommy Dreamer gives Francine the vaginal claw. Go. Uh, going to Twitter. All right. Um, <laughs> hashtag grabbing by the pussy. Hashtag <laughs> I'm not Trump. Hashtag me too. Hashtag anything to keep me relevant in the world of wrestling. <laughs> yo, how did he, yo, how did Tommy Dreamer escape getting me too? Can we talk about that? <laughs> That's back in the day in ECW. They can no, man. There's there's a video online. I, I watched today. He did it to Candice LeRae like four years ago. We're still, still holding on to Father Time, but Father Time is coming in fast, and I still hold oh, on to, to the heyday. Uh, how about this? All right, let's keep going, though. Let me go back to the Montreal screw job. Not as controversial, but controversial in its day, and you couldn't tweet about it. What, what, what would you say about it? Were, were you pissed? Because for me, I'm a Bret Hart mark. I love Shawn Michaels, but if you're asking me to pick between who's going to win, uh, either one of these guys, it's Bret Hart for me. So when that happened, I kind of knew it from newsletters that something was going to happen, but I did not expect this. I would have been like, fuck WWE. Oh, man. I'm done with it. I'm watching WCW2, like, quitting it. Like, fucking <laughs> I would have put, like, hashtag NWWE or end Raw or whatever. I, would, I, would, I was so pissed. <laughs> hashtag cancel WWE Network. That's it. I was just going to go there. <laughs> no, that was on my mine mind. Would, mine's gonna, mine would be just a troll credo if I was on Twitter. It would be, ha, ha. Ha 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 ha! Fuck it. Hashtag na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Goodbye. 
All right, that's where I block Cooter so he can't see any more of my messages. <laughs> All right, how about – because there's some weird shit that have happened too. So how, how about when the time Mae Young gave birth to a hand? And now people complain about what they see on wrestling today. They don't understand where we came from kind of a thing. Like we witnessed God the birth damn. of a 20-something-year-old black man at the time with like an 80-year-old Mae Young at the time. And they had like they didn't show it, or they kind of did some weird, crazy sexual innuendo things backstage, and this led to a hand being born. Hashtag the... women's choice. <laughs> I think, I think like that. You guys ever see that that meme with SpongeBob where it just says "I on my head out"? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. See a lot of those if that happens today in social media. Actually, this this is what it could turn into. It's like the hashtag segment, or something. you know what I mean? Like we could think of yes. like what would the hashtag be for this if it was back in the day? Not so much as what you're tweeting. So I mean, there's a lot of crazy shit out there. I mean, man, I, I mean, oh wait, I got one here. Let me throw one out there, right. like a legit one, not a funny one. But could you imagine the uproar on Twitter with Pillman and the nine millimeter gun? Oh man. <laughs> Especially, like, after, you know, the last few years with a lot of the shootings that have been... That, dude, Twitter would be in an outrage right now if that was, like, happening today on television. Can't what, what would your tweet be? Man, the gun. It's so weird to, like, think about the time that it happened because I remember watching it live, like, happening on TV, and I couldn't tell anybody. Like, you know, with the, I'm trying to remember even if it was, like, AOL Instant Messenger or whatever they had at that time, but it wasn't, like tweeting it for the world or like you'd put it as your away message on aim you know what i mean like you'd leave it open yeah, but you'd have you know what was so funny about it is when they would replay it on like on, on on the saturday morning shows and all that they blurred out the gun yeah <laughs> it's like what are you doing like what what's he hold for all i know like you're watching it they're blurring out the gun it's like what is he holding his cock why are they why are they censoring this like what are you doing pushing the limits pushing the limits wwe you know, you, you know that one i think and uh, Aerosmith, I think, sings it. Jenny's got a gun. Pillman's oh, my God. The hashtag, Pillman's got a gun. gun. <laughs> Austin oh. on the run. Austin on the run. Uh, yeah, man, what about even, like, Ron Simmons winning the WCW championship? One of the, the first black heavyweight champion uh, at that time. Even for WWE, they didn't even have that going on. So it was like kind of that was like a big deal. That was like the Tessa Blanchard thing of the day, to where he was the first black guy kind of a thing to win it uh, on the main stage up here. Up here, because listen, trying... don't don't talk about Ron Simmons and Tessa Blanchard in the same sentence. Nothing good can come out of that, okay? <laughs> well, as long as it's not a hand, I guess. As long as it's not giving a birth to a hand. But it's fun to think about. I know it's hard to be put on the spot sometimes, and it's okay. I mean, we're not trying to you know, go crazy with it, but it, it's just fun to think about, like, some of these big moments that have happened, when they happened, you didn't have a computer to turn to, you know, you had AIM, I would, like, message you on AIM, or even if it had that, you know what I mean, I'm trying to think of what years there, there was going on, but it wasn't like this, you know, uh, as far as, like, everybody, let's check out Twitter, it's trending, nothing was trending, you know what I mean, it was, uh, it was a lot of crazy shit to think about, but even, even, you know, Undertaker tossing Mick Foley off the hell in the cell, what would, people would go nuts. That would be like the number one thing tra- trending in the world. Like man almost dies off a fucking wrestling cage or whatever to where th- nobody's talking about wrestling, but everybody would be talking about that moment right now online. And I don't know, that would be making like national news today kind of a thing. Let me ask you, do you think it would be a positive thing or do you think it would be negative press? If It, if... it would be too far. You know, people would be like too much, too far. Uh, trying to get people to, like to almost uh, uh, like riot or protest. Look look at uh, what happened with Shane on Twitter when when he jumped off to do the fucking the taker right in front of his kids at WrestleMania. Like there, there was a lot of angry tweets over that. Man, I was kind of upset. I think most of us were like, dude, why would you do that yeah. in front of your kids if something, God forbid, bad happened? And, and that wasn't like a regular cell, man. And that was like a much bigger hell in the cell than what we were accustomed no, to. That was the WrestleMania hell in the cell. That was That's a big and, time right there. And I know it's like art imitates life. And I get wrestling to where it's like they kind of have to be, 
you know, that spotlight of, like, what's happening in the real world and stuff. But fucking Vince had, like, Lita having a miscarriage live on TV. They would be fucking dead by any, like, that trending in the world right now. Like, people tweeting about that. The show would be done. It's amazing what they got away with. It's nuts. That's what, I guess, the whole motto of today's show is, basically. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, it's crazy, man. It's a crazy world. And it's I think it's so much crazier for these athletes, these wrestlers, these superstars, to have to live in that kind of a world. Because as they grow, and as everybody just kind of gets older, mature, wiser, and whatnot you got to bring back that apology, man. Like, people say shit. People say shit sometimes where they probably shouldn't, and it comes out uh, unforcibly or whatever. But, I mean, we all have to, like, be accepting of an apology, especially since they didn't fucking kill somebody. You know, they said something in the heat of the moment. They sincerely apologized about it. Okay, we don't need to keep going on and on. Like, oh, I don't believe that apology or this. Like, can we just end it at the apology and move on with everybody's life? Uh, lighten up. It's, I don't know. People, do, do nobody gives a shit. I don't know. Uh, it's a tough world out there. Watch out for social media. Play it safe. Don't do anything, I guess, uh, that can come back and haunt you. Don't be famous because people are just going to come after you for something. I don't know. Listen, stay underground to your underground like Angry Cooter. Don't get popular. Don't let anybody know who you are. Don't get a blue check mark. And don't tug your pecker bitches.